Radio Drone. Hey, episode 30... I lost Six. count again. Six, 36. Th- thank you, Jared. 36 ah, of Radio Drome. You just pulled that out of your ass. I did. Well, <laughs> See, after last week with losing an entire show show that we recorded, it kind of threw my numbers off. Oh, I forgot I forgot about that, so that, that never turned up again. <laughs> I cannot find it. I literally I do not lost, know what... Ha- um, the other day, I, 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 I remembered that I lost a little bit of footage that Jared and I shot at uh. the fair that was in an upcoming Brad and Jared because we did a Brad and Jared last year where we shot a bit at the fair where we were going through that fun house. This year I shot footage of us going down the uh, the giant slide um, and I was going to work that into a Brad and Jared episode but when I was done with all of the fair footage that I shot for that Brad tries, I just deleted it off the computer and it, it didn't even occur to me that that one video was still in there with all the other stuff so i i just accidentally deleted it well see that's actually better than mine than the one our one from last week where we just don't know where it went yeah yeah oh this one yeah i, I know where it went wherever things go when you empty them out of their cycle bin. <laughs> I, I, I feel like do you remember that one nostalgia critic video where his computer kept playing ghostbusters even when he had no windows open and nothing was going, but the audio from Ghostbusters oh, just kept yeah. playing. Sometimes I feel like our my, computers. Yeah, my, my, are, my computer's done that a couple of times. I, I, mine has too. It's like, why the window player's not open? Why am I hearing Henry Rollins? <laughs> oh, honey, I swear I don't know why this porn started playing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't play it. <laughs> I swear, I swear. And why is it just the audio? Why can't we see anything? <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, speaking of porn, perfect segue into our sponsor, adamandeve.com. You can go there and get all your porn needs. You can get toys and videos, and it's too bad they don't carry VHS anymore. I was just going to ask, VHS? Unfortunately, no. But Did Adam you sell and... a copy of uh, Insatiable with uh, Marilyn Chambers? Or Night Dreams 2. Which exactly. Bo- which I only have on Laserdisc, and you still need a copy of to review. Because uh, yeah. I'm too. Let dream on Elm Street. <laughs> We're gonna get to that, Jared. I was gonna lead into that later. Let me do the pitch here, okay? <laughs> so AdamandEve.com. If you go there and you use the promo code Drome, D R O M E, you'll get fifty percent off a single item, free shipping, three free DVDs, and a random gift. So there's there's no reason for you not to go in and use our promo code and you know get a few toys for yourself for the couple get some videos play a prank get some of the the sex videos and go pop them in at the the big TV wall at Walmart and see what happens. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds awesome! I'm gonna have to do that one of these days. <laughs> well, you have to go to AdamandEve.com first to get the DVDs to do it. Exactly. And use the promo code Drome. And there's also links on my website, 1201beyond.blogspot.com. You can just click on them, and it'll go right there, and it'll have the code in it and everything. Also, I wanted to whore one more thing. I recently got word that Paracinema, issue 13, my article will be in it. So, Oh, awesome. Pre-orders will start in about three weeks. Go to paracinema.net, pre-order the issue in a week or two, and you know, help support the magazine and the fact that my article's in it. As well, I don't know which issue yet, my Hustler article got officially picked up. It will be printed in Hustler. Sweet. Nice. I just, I don't know if it'll be the next issue or the one after that because I don't know what their printing process is like. Yeah. You know, I don't know if they're already going to the printers with the, what will be the next issue or not. So I will let you guys know once I know where, where my Hustler article. I mean, are you guys at least going to buy a copy of the Hustler? Of course. 
foils. Well, come buy subscription. <laughs> <laughs> what what, uh, what issue is it coming in on? I just said I don't know yet. Oh, okay. But it'll well, be just, just let me know what issue, and I'll I'll uh, I'll try to pick one up. All right. So yeah, I just got I actually got the word the same day from Hustler and Paracinema that that my article is going to be in each of the magazines. Cool. So I thought that was pretty cool. Now, Mister Foil Wrapped had something he wanted to talk about. All right, talk. Well, I I did until I found out it, it it wasn't it wasn't really all that significant. So, uh, all right. Well, but. Anyway, I'm on Facebook, and, and a fan uh, posted that he, I, I guess he heard that it was uh, that there was a, um, a porn spoof of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street coming uh, or in the works. <laughs> coming. So I tell, so I tell these guys, and Josh is like, "A wet dream on Elm Street." I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "That was made back in the '90s." Well, I'm sure there are probably another one coming out. Oh. Yeah, like these companies put out sequels. No, not necessarily sequels. Like there was. Uh, a couple of years ago, there was a Friday the 13th porno spoof that came out, even though, like, in the 80s, there was one called Friday the 13th, A Nude Beginning. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, there's there's a Ghostbusters one, I think, that's coming out, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's... Ooh, the, remakes! <laughs> yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean that that was the first Ghostbusters porno spoof. Now, would this be considered exploitation? <laughs> sort of, in a weird... <laughs> in, a, in a weird backdoor way, it would. Yeah. <laughs> well, did you guys see the trailer for the Star Wars one? Yes, it was really funny. They spent a lot of money recreating the sets and the costumes. <laughs> yeah. and the Speaking of that... So, wait, uh, before we go on, right. uh, hold on, I need I need to ask, did they give it the cliche title, Star Wars? No, it's Star oh, Wars, it's, a triple X parody. Yeah, that's that's the thing with the spoofs nowadays is that it looks like they're probably a little more budgeted nowadays, but they lack in the titles anymore. Like they oh, have yeah. the laziest titles. Seriously, it's probably just called Star Wars a Triple X parody. Like the <laughs> Ghostbusters one is called Ghostbusters a Triple X parody. Lame. There's then the, there's also a series of ones called like This Ain't Cheers. This ain't Full house. This ain't blah blah blah. Wow, this is like, a full house one. <laughs> I, 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 See, I I, I, I I totally agree with Brad on this. Yeah. I've got like the Miami Vice one I've got in the eighties was called Miami Spice. Yeah. I've got Married Without Children. Yeah, I, you know, I have ones like that where they at least tried to play on the title a little bit. Yeah, I've got I've got a copy of Edward Penis Hands down there. <laughs> the flint bones and the flint bones. like yeah, a, a like, river like, runs through her, saving yeah. Ryan's privates. And they don't do that as much anymore. Like they did it with the they did it with the porno spoof of Human Centipede. They called it the Human Sexipede. <laughs> so nice. there was that. But all the other ones just they're just lazy when it comes to their titles. And a lot of them are also kind of lazy in other senses too. Like. uh the Simpsons one I watched, and even the Human Centipede one, it's about six minutes of spoof and ninety minutes of screwing. Like, not even over exaggerating. Isn't that a good porn though? No, it's no, not. it's not. If you're, if you're, you're watching it, something like that for the spoof aspect and how they integrate it into porn. True. Yes, but uh, so yeah, the older ones, stuff like Clockwork Orgy, did it better and was a thorough spoof. It went from point A to point B of that movie and spoofed that entire movie while, yes, putting in a bunch of sex in it, of course. But it wasn't two minutes of spoof, 
30 minutes of screwing, a minute of spoof, 40 minutes of screwing, blah, blah, blah. Which, not to pimp myself, that's what my article in Hustler is about. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, it's about the films that the screwing just gets in the way of the movie. You actually start getting into the the movie and you go, damn it, now there's going to be eight minutes of of just screwing. And while I normally like that, I kind of want to see what happens to the characters at this point. (laughs) (laughs) that's, that's That's the no pun intended thrust of my article. The ones in the seventies and eighties were better. They were, they were real movies. You know, Night Nurse. It's a movie. Behind the Green Door. Debbie Does Dallas. Cafe Flesh. Uh, Cafe Flesh. They're Deep Throat. They're they're movies. You know. Yeah, but, but and then like some of these, once they become franchises, you lose that. Cafe Flesh Two is just what you described before. One minute of story, thirty minutes of screwing. Two minutes of story, forty minutes of screwing. Yeah. They totally did not get why Cafe Flesh worked so well. But what, did you say Night Dreams Two is kind of like that? It's just not good. No, it, it's just as good on a surreal level. What hurts it is it was clearly did not have the budget Night Dreams did. For one, it was shot on video. Yeah. And two, they clearly did not have the budget for the set pieces as much. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's much more minimalistic than than the first film, but it also had a different director. Francis Delia, who directed the first one, he would move on to direct episodes of Friday the 13th, the series, War of the Worlds, the series. He'd go do movies, whereas the producer of Night Dreams took over directing the series. Well, here's a perfect segue. I went to go see Tree of Life earlier. I've heard both. that's both either the best film of the year or the worst film of the year. Oh wait! Whoever said it's the best film of the year is a jackass, a pretentious jackass. <laughs> hold, hold that thought for just one second, because uh, I we never answered the question: Is the Star Wars porn um, titled la- lazily like Star it Wars is. a triple X parody? Yes, yeah, it, it is. Oh, um, do you do you like Terrence Malick? No. Then you're not gonna like this. I, I, I consider him just what you described. The people who called it the best movie. He's a pretentious bastard. Yeah, and just the fact that Jake and I went to go see it, and Jake and I just did a video where we just tore him apart, and just saying like the it's amazing the that he gets away with. Like because if any kind of micro budgeted director, any kind of indie director did anything like the crap that he writes and puts in his movies they would get their ass rightfully handed to him he doesn't because he's a critical darling and his movies are pretty i'll give it that he knows where to point the camera he's very he's a talented director but he's he writes the easiest dime store pseudo intellectual schlock that you could that you could write in a good 10 minutes all right i'll give you that i I, I can't i can't punch holes in that <laughs> I disagree, Brad. I, except I, like except I don't. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I love I love bad. I I do I do really like Badlands. Does he have any films in his uh, filmography before '95? Well, yeah, but I'm I'm not going to do a snob. Oh, Terrence Malick. Movie. Oh, it would be great because no. you you could be all like his movies are I, boring. I love this movie because it's. And yeah, that's easy. To, that's easy to do with something like Sallow. That's easy to do with something like Sallow. It's easy to do with something like Night Dreams, Cafe Flesh. Terrence Malick movies are endurance tests. Yeah. They're like they're. It's like watching Night of Horror. It, it's just a dare. You dare somebody to sit through all of this. <laughs> um, Tree of Life exists to dare somebody to sit through that whole <laughs> two and a half hour movie. 
like I said, I I did like Badlands, but that was that wasn't the kind of crap that he does like in Tree of Life or Thin Red Line. That, Thin, that Red, actually... Thin Red Line is without a doubt the most pretentious big budget movie I've ever seen. Yeah, just that scene with the flower and all the feet running past it. I felt I felt like film brain. I should be screaming symbolism. That is all of Tree of Life. That is like at least at least Thin Red Line. As much as I stand that, at least Thin Red Line had moments in it where something was going on. Like okay, okay, the scene where Elias Cateus doesn't want to send his men and Elfie is ordering him to and stuff like that. At least like there's like that and like maybe a couple of other things. There's stuff that happens in that movie that you would see in a movie that would have a narrative. Tree of Life is almost like he just sat there and say, I can make the most nonsensical, pretentious piece of crap that I could put out there, and I'll bet you the critics will still love it. Nothing happens in this movie. It is all it is all the flowers, the universe, fish. It's got dinosaurs in it. Are you it's banging got... your fist on the desk? Yeah. I can actually hear that. No, it's my it's my finger. Uh, I've got my fingers at the edge of the desk. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, yeah, it's got it's got velociraptors in it. CGI. Yeah. No, they found real velociraptors and trained them for this movie. I think he meant practical. Effects. <laughs> yeah, I, I meant animatronics or stop motion. You dink. <laughs> Are either of you guys big video gamers? Yeah. I mean, modern video games. I mean, absolutely. You ever play Call of Duty Black Ops? I don't play a lot of recent video games. My son does. He's telling me all about the uh, zombie rounds and everything. Like, if he was here right now, he'd be able to, like, start weighing in on, oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm real good at zombies, da 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 this, that, and the other. Because I just uh, borrowed Black Ops from one of my son's friends, and I just beat that last night. And oh, it was, really? It was interesting. You know, there, was, there was one genuine plot point in there that I didn't see coming, and I went, all right, game, you got me. That was a good one. It was like I said, I, yeah, I've never played it either. But like I said, if my son was here, he'd be all about it. He'd be, he'd be right with you. Okay. <laughs> I just loan ET out to people. <laughs> and I play WoW. So. How many copies of ET do you have, Brad? Uh, I think I actually have two. One that I had for have for have had for a while, and then another like somebody gave me. Uh, like a box of Atari games, and that was in there. I, I have a copies of it. No, I think I've got one. I, you know, those things are all over the resale shops. So oh yeah, yeah. E even in even, man. Yeah, even a nickel, not worth it to me. You e know, I actually don't mind it. <laughs> I, I got, I gotta go with Spoonie's Apocalypse Now version of ET. The Apocalypse Now ET, I, like the the ET game, like yeah, I, I can see why people don't like it. Yeah, it's, yeah, and and. Actually, I interject. Mm. Um, the thing about the uh, the ET Atari game is, growing up, I hated it because it was just it was just pointless. Running around, falling in pits, blah blah blah. Guy takes you to Rome. Yeah. <laughs> and and you know, and it was just like, yeah, you know, this was a big waste of ten minutes, you know. But then Brad uh, popped it in for me, and he actually uh, showed me step by step how how to uh, play it, and. I gained a newfound appreciation for it. Yeah, I mean, it's not a self-explanatory game at all. You couldn't just pop it in and just start playing it. But when you know what to do, what everything means, even like getting out of the pits, like there's e the easy ways to get out of the pits. I can get out of the pits just fine. It's a 
playable game. Like, I understand why someone wouldn't like it. It's incredibly frustrating, and if you don't know what to do, it's aggravating and confusing. But when you actually know what to do in it, it's, it's, well, it's, you can beat it. I mean, it's frustrating, sure, but a lot of games are frustrating. It's, it's not because, since it is, in my opinion, a playable enough game in that you can play it. Right. It's so, to me, not one of the worst video games ever made. Oh, absolutely not. Because I remember from that era, one of the games I loved, I never actually knew how to play, and that was Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I didn't have the booklet for it. And if you don't have the booklet, you don't have any clue. There's no way you're beating that without someone showing you what to do. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the same with E.T. It's the same guy who created both of them. <laughs> yeah, but he actually had enough time to create Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, what did he have for E.T.? Like Two and a half six, months, something like that? Weeks, six weeks or something like that. Yeah. Hey, you know, for putting together a game for, for two months, six weeks, you know, whichever. Okay, uh, you know, it's all right. Do you know he got paid a million dollars to do that? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, ridiculous. He had, by, he had to have it completed by Christmas or something. And keep in mind, that's a million 1982 dollars. That was eight billion dollars. <laughs> You know, you know how much blow you can <laughs> buy with that? <laughs> is that the first thing your mind goes to, Foils, is the it's cocaine? It's the 80s, of course. <laughs> but it was the <laughs> early 80s. Coke didn't exactly. really get big until later. The 80s. I actually find E.T. more playable than the Raiders of the Lost Ark Atari game. But I think the Raiders of the Lost Ark Atari game, to me, is more playable, because even if I don't know what I'm doing, there's more variety, and I like the music better. Yeah. Yeah, well, the the ET game has uh, the the theme at the beginning of it, and then after that, it's just the sound the sound mm-hmm. effect of his feet. Mm-hmm. Well, which is something like uh, in Black Ops, it takes place in the '60s, and one thing I really liked: most of the game had an orchestral score. Whenever you had a scene in Vietnam. They had Nam era music, but like CCR and the Stones and that. Oh yeah, yeah. And I thought that was really cool. It really added a nice late '60s Vietnam feel to hear, you know, Fortunate Son playing as you're gunning down people on a on a river. That I thought was a nice little touch that they put in. No, I agree. I agree. That that, that does make that game a lot of fun. <laughs> I like any game with a rock and soundtrack. What am I? Games is city, so I can just <laughs> drive around listening to listening to some uh, animation or something. <laughs> well, okay. Well, what would you guys say about? Oh, we should probably before I ask this question, we should probably announce something we talked about off mic. Next week, we are going to have a Siskel and Ebert special. We are going. I'm going to take audiographs from that Siskel and Ebert "Woman in Danger" special you told me about last week, Brad. Yeah, and yeah. we are going to dissect why these two guys were full of sh** about what slasher movies were back then. Yeah, and and uh, one thing I want to say too is I, I I do like Siskel and Ebert. I, I give them I, I I I throw a lot of you know flack their way and whatnot because exploitation horror that's I love that's my genre the genre I grew up on and it's just so not their cup of tea at all. So, so yeah, there's some flack I throw their way, but it is it is a show I, I grew up on. I grew watching it. I watch every week. I, I loved watching those two guys. Even to this day, I still read uh, Rogers' articles as as much as I disagree with a lot of his reviews nowadays. Well, that's what that's the question I was going to ask you. Is what would would you consider yourself a film critic in the 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 way the term is usually applied? Film critic when you go see these newer movies, oh, I mean, Brad? I'm no, not. 
really. I mean, like, I, anyone's a critic, I guess. I mean, you know, everyone has opinions on movies, books, music, and whatnot, but I'm not. I'm a guy on the internet who sits in front of a camera and videos about whatever I saw that, whatever movie I went to go to the theater and see that afternoon. And the other... And he drags his friends along. Yeah, and the other <laughs> stuff I do, the other stuff I do is just comedy. Like, The Cinema Snob is a riff show. It's a comedy show. It's like, it'd be like calling Mystery Science Theater a review show, you know. And, you know, Kung Tai Ted, The Big Box, that's just meant it's comedy. And, but... Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not, like, you know, in the same field of criticism as a Roger Ebert or a Gene Siskel. I'm just a, a guy on the internet who talks about movies. What do you guys think, like, the way Spoonie can, calls himself a f critic before he calls himself a comedian? Well, I think it depends on what the person's definition of critic is. I mean, if if you have a very loose definition of the term critic is meaning somebody who puts himself out in a public forum, uh, whether it's a blog, whether it's a video, whether it's a newspaper or something like that, you know, that's, that's fine. Because like I, like I just said, everyone can be a critic. Everyone has an opinion. Everyone, you know, can be their opinion. Whether or not they can articulate it well or write it well, that's, that's another thing. But um, I don't have that loose of a definition of film critic, I guess. I mean, when I think of a film critic, I think, first of all, Jay Sherman. Um, <laughs> second, second it of all, stinks. It, it stinks. Second of all, somebody, you know, somebody who uh, maybe went to, somebody who went to school for it. Somebody who, like, like you know, an Ebert, a Siskel, a Rex Reed, a Joel Siegel, blah blah blah. Um, you know, so or even like you know, even whoever writes for whatever major newspaper or whatnot, that is much more of a film critic than than I am. Than, than I am. But I, again, people will sort of define that word a little differently. Is, is Gene Shalit a critic? Gene Shalit, yeah, of course Gene Shalit's a critic. Um... <laughs> Uh, that's that's kind of how I feel on it. Like if if, if but if somebody who if somebody who uh, you know just has a video log whatever and on YouTube wherever and they want to call themselves a critic, fine because they probably have a looser definition of what it is. You know that's fine. They are on camera. They are talking about a movie. They are giving their opinions of it. That is certainly not in the league of film criticism as Siskel and Ebert. Well, the reason I brought it up was a fan sent me an email that said that he, he called us critics and he really likes when we play film critic on this show. And I, and I, dis, I disagreed with that kind of going, I don't consider the three of us film critics, really. We're just, well, we, just talk, we just like talking about movies. Yeah, well, we're, we're just three guys that hang out and talk movies. We're we just, also do kind of give our opinion, so in a way we're... we're being critics. Well, yeah, we're being critical, yeah, of course. We are giving our opinions like movie critics do, certainly. But to me, I mean, there is there is a difference between having a podcast and writing for the Chicago Tribune. Right. 
Right, and by the way, this is not a podcast. This is an internet radio show. There is a difference. <laughs> you know what I mean. I know. I just don't like... I, I don't see anything wrong with the term podcast, but we are an internet radio show. We're on an internet radio station at the same time every week. That To me, that's not that's not the same as a podcast. Well, I was... That's it might was, be a pretentious on, description. On, Maybe... I was basically generalizing. Okay. Maybe I'm being all Terrence Malick and being pretentious about that. I don't know. That's right, folks. This knife is so sharp it can slice hairs. <laughs> Shut up, foils. Well, I was also going to ask you, my wife just rented Insidious. I have not seen it yet. She's upstairs watching it right now. Should I bother watching it? I loved Insidious. Because the trailers just, they do nothing for me. Honestly, I didn't see it. Like, when the movie first came out, I think I maybe saw one trailer for it, and uh, uh, I don't know if it left too much of an impression on me, but I didn't, Brian and I did go see it. I think it might have been like the only thing opening that weekend. We're like, I'm like, well, I got to see something for the site. Let's go see Insidious. I loved it. I really loved it. He did too. We both thought it was creepy as hell, but it was. It's done. It's it's done very much like a late 70s early 80s haunted house movie. It's very much told in like a style it's told and presented style of something like The Changeling with George C Scott or Poltergeist stuff like that. That's or like The Entity. That's very much the style of movie that it's going for. It's it's like a throwback to those and I really dug the hell out of it. I the movie the movie creeped me out quite a bit. I, I enjoyed it. So I should take 90 minutes and watch that with my wife maybe this weekend? Well, you're kind of finicky. I don't know. You might not, You might like, I don't know, the guy might comb his hair wrong and you'll give it zero stars. <laughs> Ow, man! Ow! <laughs> I need a med pack. I've been wounded. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Like, you might like it. I, you might like it. I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed the hell out. How about Repo Men? I rented that as well. Oh, Repo Men? Yeah, I, I, and yes, I know what the plot twist is. I've oh. known that since it was in theaters, so there's no way I can watch it without knowing the plot twist. I don't think I saw Repo Men. That's the one with Jude Law and Forrest Whitaker. I really liked Wick, uh, I really liked uh, Repo Men until the ending. Mm-hmm. Until the ending. When the ending came about, it just really destroyed the rest of that movie for me. Because <laughs> uh, is it just me, or is it a non-musical remake of Repo the Genetic Opera? It is, and I would rather watch Repo Men than Repo the Genetic Opera. I just would. I found that movie overrated as hell, so I liked it better than that. But I still, it's still not great, really. It, it has great parts in it, but man, to me, that ending just really ruined it and also threw in quite a few plot holes well alright I got another one I want to ask you about that I, I rented I've got, I have got. I made a rip of it so I've got the DVD I'm afraid to watch have you seen the box? I didn't see the box because uh, I've, I've read the original short story which I loved I've seen the Twilight Zone episode made into it which I loved even more than the short story what's yeah. in so, the box? what's in the box? R- wrong series wrong decade <laughs> so I'm really afraid of how this big budget version, which I've heard changes just about everything outside of the bare bones part of the premise. I'm just kind of afraid since I liked the other two versions of it. Um, I know that Richard Kelly is did it, and I really hated Southland Tales. 
I liked Domino a lot. Oh, uh, I Do- Domino the Ridley Scott movie. Tony Scott. Tony Scott. Sorry, that movie actually gave me a headache. I- I've never seen a movie that actually literally has a cut every three frames. I that it. movie does. I I couldn't tell what was going on. The movie has an edit every three goddamn frames. You can't tell anything that's happening on screen. I could. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was fine. Um, but he, he wrote that. He wrote that movie. And when I saw Donnie Darko for the first time, I, I liked it all right. But it's that movie's fans are just kind of ruin that movie for me. <laughs> I'm still on the fence about that. I, I have not seen Donnie Darko. Okay, I, I intentionally I, um, avoided it. I really liked Donnie Darko. I really liked it too, but then it's rabid fan base is really kind of it. And I, I want to apologize for many people out there who, who I'm sure are fans of this movie, but I'm talking about it's really rabid fan base are really kind of annoying. Um, I'm not saying fans of it in general, but the really, really diehard fans of it. Are, are these like the same kind of people that like shop at Hot Topic? And, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, all right. I guess I guess then the question. Probably wear Marilyn Manson shirts and. Uh, okay, I got a question for you two guys then, since you've both seen Donnie Darko. I have been told by some people to see the theatrical cut that the director's cut sucks. I've yeah. talked to other people that say the theatrical cut sucks and the director's cut is brilliant. Watch the theatrical cut. Director's cut sucks. I can't remember which cut I saw. Probably saw the theatrical cut. Because I have both. I have copies of both, and I just, I don't know. There's a re- I guess there's a reason I just keep avoiding seeing that movie for some reason. Watch the theatrical cut. Here's the thing for me. I, um, I actually hang out with a guy. Uh, okay, do, do you know the premise of the movie? Sort of. Something about, like, an evil bunny from the future and a jet yeah. engine falls through his bedroom or something like that how did okay uh that, yeah he's right i mean that those, <laughs> no those are those are um events elements in the movie but they have the 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 bunny really doesn't have any bearing on the plot that's what i'm saying what what is you know do you know anything about the plot about well, the overall that's, plot that's no where you can't that's a movie where you can't simply say what the that's like trying to tell, actually. That's like trying to tell somebody like, "Hey, in one it, sentence, tell me the plot of Lost Highway." In in one sentence, the plot for Donnie Darko is it's about a guy with schizophrenia. Well, okay, in that sense, uh, Lost Highway, it's about parallel universes. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but that's not saying anything about <laughs> it. That's being uh, pretty general saying, foils. I, I guess what I'm trying, what I was trying to say was, um, I I have a friend. Who's who's got schizophrenia? And watching that movie actually made me kind of understand a friend of mine a, a little bit. That I was like, oh, okay. So it's like this is like seeing the world through his eyes in a way. That, but <laughs> it's 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 an all right movie. And like like I said, it, it's fan base really just kind of turned me off from the movie. Which is a shame, because it's not a bad movie. It is. It's a really good movie. Well, I just saw a trailer for a movie that really disturbs me. Not because it actually looks like that bad of a film, but the werewolf guy from Twilight stars in an action movie. Oh, oh God, yeah. Oh, that movie. That and, movie. And, and I'm just like, Christ. that movie's going to be a hit just from Twilight fans, whether it's <laughs> could, good or not. Could we, could we just make 
a, a, a blatant carbon copy of Born Identity. Again. I actually thought it was like a Born Identity prequel or something it when was, I first saw was, the trailer. It was exactly the same thing. I saw that. And Cross I'm, the Born Identity with little Nikita. <laughs> and I am just like, you got to be kidding me, really? Hollywood is doing this? I don't know what I don't know what looks more unappealing, the Taylor Lautner action hero movie or the Justin Timberlake action hero movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, honestly, I'd watch Justin Timberlake before I would uh, the guy from. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd rather go see the Timberlake one than the Lautner one, but still, that's a horrible choice. <laughs> well, okay, here's here's something. Remember last week when when we were talking about movies we saw with our dads and stuff. Just showed my son Gleaming the Cube. Christian Slater, I don't want to say it's his first film, but one of the films that really put him on the map. Yeah. I still say if you can get past the sort of ridiculous pre- premise and the really datedness of the entire movie, it's not a bad little thriller. I'd have to watch it again. The Wizard. I, I watched The Wizard. I actually watched that with my wife. Somehow I have I've missed that movie in the 80s. I didn't Did see that really? until the 90s. Oh man, my dad and I saw it in the theater. Do you want to share that uh, that uh, fact that you just found out oh. about it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> What'd you find out? What uh, the uh, the fact that I, I don't know if you want to cut this or not, but the fact that uh, uh, Jackie Vincent, who played Lucas, is a registered sex offender. Hey, if that's a fact, I'm leaving it in. <laughs> yeah, it is. It <laughs> a is. fact is that a fact. Was, uh, that was, uh, we were, okay, so we, Sarah had never seen The Wizard before, and so me, Jilly, and Brian, and, and her are, are over at their place, we're watching it, and we like it because of nostalgic value yeah. and whatnot, of course. Christian though, Slater and Bo Bridges are actually pretty decent in it. Oh, they're great in it. The whole, them and us with that, like, child bounty hunter and whatnot, it's, it's some pretty funny stuff, but, like, afterwards, Sarah was just kind of like, uh... Well, that was okay, I guess. And I was kind of like, "Oh, yeah, it's 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 not a very good movie, but it's for us. It's it's nostalgic. I mean, and, we and saw it, it when fun, we were kids. You know? Yeah. So we went to the uh, computer to to uh, look up some of the actors from it, some of the lesser known ones who hadn't who hadn't really done anything, like Tobey Maguire. Yeah, him. No, uh, like for instance, like the guy who played uh, the the. The wizard, the kid who played the wizard. The only other thing I saw him in, I think, was Little Big League. But um, so then we were kind of like, "Whatever happened to Lucas?" Let's find out what happened to Lucas. So we we were on this website that had the actors in the movie and said what they were up to nowadays. There's a paragraph about Jack Vincent who played Lucas, and uh, <laughs> the paragraph was, "Yeah, this guy just kind of disappeared. He did like another movie, and he did like an episode of Law and Order or something, and then just kind of disappeared off the face of the planet." And then right below that, it said, "Update." It said, "Update." He goes, "Oh, uh, yeah. Well, we found out what happened to him, and uh, it's not good." Right away, I I knew what it was gonna be. We click on the link, and it was his sex offender page. It was his it was his registered sex offender page, with his picture, and it was him. It was him, just with a more molestery haircut. Um, and uh, Jillian is just like crushed, like she had just found out that like her favorite cousin was was like a sex offender. Like she was just like shaking and just like really like out of sorts and whatnot. And, and, and 
and I'm sitting there like, well, okay, okay, maybe maybe this is something minor. Maybe like, oh, he took a leap behind a dumpster, or oh, he was 18 and slept with a 17 and a half year old. You know, blah, what did blah, he blah. do? What did he do? Oh, it was bad. Oh, that's bad. not good. Are, are we talking like Rick James bad? We're talking Gary Glitter bad. Oof. We're t- we're talking like Gary Glitter bad, like a, a, a couple of instances. So we're like, oh, oh, oh okay, well, that's a bummer. <laughs> oh, Lucas. <laughs> Does it kind of put that whole he touched my breast scene in a whole new context? <laughs> and, uh, just keep your power. Just keep your power gloves off her. Yeah. <laughs> it gives a whole new meaning to a joystick versus a D-pad. Yeah. Giggity. <laughs> and Brian is sitting there, like uh, sitting there, like trying to cheer Jillian up, going like, "Hey, he's he's trying to cheer up by saying jokes and whatnot." And he he's kind of going, "Hey, maybe he like used the movie as like an instance to like lure people into the like, <laughs> like, hey, you want to come watch this movie? I was in. It's okay. It's a kids' movie. You it's know, called it's like it's that. called The Wizard. Play with my wand. Right. Oh my god. <laughs> I love the power glove. It's so bad. <laughs> well, considering that, that there's a sex act called gloving, you could add power to that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, baby, you ever been power gloved? It's so bad. <laughs> oh, but that that was just that, that was that was just kind of like it was like Jillian was more Jillian was more shocked about it than me. Not that I expected that, but. It's one of those things you find out, and it's like, oh, well, child stars are pretty screwed up. <laughs> well, speaking of that, you know, like we had we had a kids show here when when I was young called Oscar the Clown. Yeah, and you know we watched this all the time when I was like five. I I worked with a guy a couple of years ago who actually ran camera on that show. Oscar was drunk off his ass every week. <laughs> It sort of sullies my memories of Oscar the Clown, you know? Remember, uh, was that, is that like that Groove Tube sketch where uh, the clown uh, is, has a show on television and then tells the kids to get the parents out of the room and when the kids come he back... He reads them porn. He reads them porn and lights a cigarette. <laughs> Do you know who that clown was? Uh, who was it? Richard Belzer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was Richard Belzer in the Groove Tube. Yeah, yeah. Speaking yeah, of, I remembered him in the dealers sketch. Speaking of bad taste ones, have you ever seen uh, Primetime? It was also called American Raspberry. No, no, uh, uh, I didn't see that one. It, it, it's it's by the same Groove Tube guy, so it's got that oh, same okay. style. It, it's not a very good movie, but it has a few brilliant parts. Mm-hmm. There's one where uh, the Colonel from Boogie Nights, you know, oh, the, yeah, 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 the yeah. guy that voiced Thundar the Barbarian and all that. Him and this other guy, this Bob Vila-looking guy, are narrating like a an early '80s hunting show. You know, yeah. talking about how they're going to get their game and whatnot. And they oh, go yeah. and they go up to a clock tower and start picking off college students on a campus. And they're they're tying them to the roof and everything. And the whole show is about hunting college students. And it's in such bad taste, I couldn't stop laughing at it. Have you ever done that? Where you, you kind of go, "This isn't funny, but it's hilarious at the same time." <laughs> I mean, is that is, have you done that in a, in a movie where you kind of go, I really shouldn't be laughing at this? Yeah, that happens to me when I'm in the middle of watching like a really bad comedy or something, and then one thing 
will pop up that's kind of amusing. And I'm just sort of laughing because it's not that it's that good of a joke, but just everything else was so dreadful that this part kind of made me laugh, but at the same time made me feel sort of embarrassed for laughing. Like, one part in, like, Nomeo and Juliet where, like, there's a fake commercial for, like, a power riding mower that's kind of funny. Like, one line in, like, Spy Kids 4 or something that made me and Jake kind of laugh. Other than that, yeah, it, it just, it makes you feel kind of rotten because it's like, crap, I laughed at something in this. Uh, but I've seen a few of the movies, like, uh, of the, the bad ones, of stuff like uh, Kentucky Fried Movie, Groove Tube, stuff like that. I, I've seen a couple of them that were pretty bad, like uh, uh, Outtakes, that was called Outtakes, that wasn't very good. Uh, I don't remember that was, one. It was, uh, I, I'm trying to think of some, there was one part that was like a five, ten minute scene of just naked people playing band instruments that went on forever. Well, see, um, you just described what the big problem with most of those type of parody movies are. The yeah. sketches go on forever. This wasn't even... I don't, granted, it's been since, like, high school that I saw this movie, but I don't even remember that as much being much of a sketch. It was more just naked people playing instruments. Well, it uh-huh. it comes down to like well, but like I said, a, a lot of those movies. One of the problems is something that would be funny at one minute. They sometimes think this would be even funnier if the whole thing was five minutes long. Yeah. And they don't get that that kills what was funny at one minute. Mm-hmm. Like the movie Flicks. Flicks is by the same Groove Tube people. Yeah. It actually has some really funny ideas mm-hmm. in it. But the sketches just go on and on and on, long past the point of being funny. It was pretty bad when I saw it, too, called The Sex O'Clock News. I, <laughs> I saw that, yeah. The one with Wayne Knight. But, I mean, when you do get one that's funny, like the Kentucky Fried movie. Yeah. Or, or Airplane. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes it all that much better because they learned the joke should be short, fast. Yeah. You know, you don't drag a joke out when it doesn't need to be drug out. The Onion movie, I actually liked a lot. And that was a sketch movie like uh, yeah. like those. I actually that... liked some of the more, the quote-unquote serious scenes with the, the newscaster that's standing up for the news. And then the, yeah, the yeah. little animated penguin comes out and yeah. he's just watching it with awe as this thing is just getting more and more marches ridiculous. Yeah. He marches into his director's... Uh, uh, office in, in this ex- very ridiculously extended yeah. marching sequence well, like and, down the hall, across the cubicles. And I, Seagal, I mean, come on, Cock Puncher is brilliant. The Cock Puncher part, the uh, the part with like the handicapped Olympics with the guy in a coma who was on his stretcher, oh, they pushed yeah. him off a high diving cord. Um, the armed gunman who applies for a job at a bank. I like that, uh, yeah, as he's robbing the bank. As, yeah, as he's robbing the bank, it actually gets the job, and his little name tag says armed gunman. Oh, uh, the part with the guy who, uh, the D&D sketch with the guy who wishes he was in a fantastical world like Dungeons and Dragons and then gets zapped into like a medieval setting and instantly gets stepped on by a dragon. <laughs> See, that one I liked in theory. Again, the problem, before he gets zapped into that world, the sketch just went on too long. It was like they really wanted to establish what a douchebag this guy was, and it just went on so long I started to get bored, even though I saw the you know the, the twist coming a mile away. I just kept kind of going, get on with it! I remember, la- I remember laughing at that one. I remember thinking that one was funny. 
Um, I, I genuinely enjoyed that movie. And it had been a pretty long time before since I had liked a movie of that subgenre, and I, I had a lot of fun with that one. But I would recommend checking out Flicks. It never got a proper v- video release, but you can get it off like Cinemageddon and that. It's, oh, okay. Sure. It's just called Flicks. Mm-hmm. And it, it's got one really brilliant sketch, fully animated. Remember, this is early 80s, so no CG animation. Yeah. Of Tom and Jerry in an old folks' home and still trying to be Tom and Jerry. <laughs> oh, with the fun. fighting and whatnot in an old folks' home. Oh, speaking of which, I mean, even though this movie had had a narrative to it, I did really love uh, this. This one had a, had sketches and stuff, spoof sketches in it and whatnot, but it did have uh, it, it did have a narrative to it. Uh, Stay tuned with John Ritter. See, I'll I, give I'll give you that one in the fact that again, I liked the overall premise. Every time they went to their goddamn children, the movie stopped dead for me. I love that movie. Yeah, the children are the low point of the movie, but I still love that movie. The rest of it makes up for the stuff with the kids, I think. Yeah, the, like I said, the kids are the worst part about the movie, but I I really dig the hell out of that movie. Yeah, when he ends up on Three's Company. And and then, like, uh, the the Wayne's World, as uh, they were all zombies. Yeah. I, I, I think it was Dwayne's World, yeah. Dwayne's Underworld. <laughs> um, oh, the animated part was great when they were mice. Yes, yes, because I mean, some of these, what someone used to do is take all the good sketches out of all these bad sketch comedy movies and mush them all into one good film. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they need to do. Well, because like in primetime, there's one joke that it's a little politically charged, but it is so brilliant. I I swear I'm going to cut this out and just put this one and it's only a couple minute joke on YouTube because it's so funny. It just shows uh, a, a picture of the Earth, and then you get these little spots all over it. You know, sort of like like a plague spreading. Yeah. And eventually, it locks down and says, "The Catholic Church just try and stop us." <laughs> and I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> I mean, that one was brilliant, and then the next sketch was just, you know, mind-numbingly stupid. So you swear they write these things while high. My favorite part of uh, GrooveTube, other than the opening credit sequence, was the venereal disease commercial. Because <laughs> sometimes we'll be watching that, and it'll take a while to hit the person before they realize they're looking at a dick. Well, and then uh, I'm surprised you didn't like the one with uh, Harry Shearer getting raped by the uh, trucker. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, that one, and uh, uh, I liked the that that weird part with the. Uh, it was like a a congressional hearing or like a session of Congress or something, and they dubbed over it with like jazz music and jazz blurbs, like boop a doop a doop, like that. That was amusing. It was dumb as hell and really really simple, but it was very. It amused the hell out of me. Well, and then I think I think it was part of that same sketch where. Somebody tries to assassinate the president. There's no one in the auditorium except one guy and then the black TV reporter. And the one guy obviously gets up and shoots and slow, slowly walking away with the gun, and the cops tackle the black guy and start arresting him. <laughs> I, th- I thought that was funny. So we only got a couple of minutes left. This has been kind of a rambling episode, and I want to tell everybody I'm sorry about all the little cutouts on Brad and Jared's side. It's storming out right now as we record this, which is playing hell with my wireless connection. So there's not really a whole lot I can do to clean that up at the moment. You guys, we got about two minutes left. Pimp away. Oh, we'll be going to uh, Horror Hound 
Uh, if you're not doing anything, November the 11th through the 13th in Cincinnati, Ohio, they're doing Horror Hound Weekend, and uh, we got a table, and we'll we'll be there all weekend. And I'll be uh, chucking cameras uh, around. Well, well, my camera. I'll be chucking my camera around uh, around the con. So. And I'm trying to go. If anyone wants to help donate the tickets, I'm going to be there as well. I need uh, plane ticket money. So 1201beyond.gmail.com. Um, uh, also, remember to look up uh, Foil Rat Productions. I just uh, set up a, a Dex 1 uh, listing. So you can Google video production in Springfield, Illinois. Uh, click on the Dex Nose uh, link. And, uh, yeah, you'll, you'll see Foil Rat Productions listed in that, uh, in that list. Give him a try, and he'll even pretend to get your name right. Uh, <laughs> hey, see. Brad took a good shot at me. I got to take one at you, man. <laughs> <laughs> well played. <laughs> so check check out check me out at twelve oh one beyond at blogspot dot blogspot dot com. Brad and Jared at the cinemasnob dot com and foilratproductions dot com. Correct. Yes, all one word. Foilratproductions, all one word. So. If you guys want to check out Adam and Eve, get the little discount. Use the word DROME for your promo code, and you'll get some interesting stuff. And help me get to Horror Hound. All right, I'm taking off. Night. Good night.